Welcome to Kick the Effin' Ball Podcast, where we talk all about the big ball and the small ball. From GA to LGFA to Hurling and Camogie. Here we go! And the referee is looking around and acting like Mickey. Slobberini, Slobberini! There's men being kicked and bruised all over. Over the bell with the bear for a day. Over the bell with the bear for a day. He got a boot in the head and you're not looking at it. He got a boot! Oh yeah, you're welcome to kick the effing ball. Where we talk all about the big ball and the small ball. From hurling to camogie and LGFA to GAA. We hope you're all keeping well and everyone's keeping fine in this sunny weather. Nathan, how the hell are you? Hey, great, Morph. How the hell are you? Well, to be honest, Nathan, I'm going around like a lobster at the minute over the weekend. And the very same myself, the back of my neck is absolutely scalded. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> and it's kind of like one of them things that I just tempted to just slap you in the back of the neck and see how it goes. Yeah, I tell you what it is. If I take off my T-shirt, I look the very same as a drumstick bar. You know them yokes? Or a drumstick <laughs> lollipops. A big drumstick. <laughs> a fine drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, on this week's podcast, we're delighted to have Mr. Joe Quinn. We caught up with him for a quick chat. And it's going to be an interesting listen for a lot of people out there. Joe talks all about his GA career, his strength and conditioning career, and as well as his little setbacks along the way. And actually, speaking of setbacks, when we had the chat with Joe on the Late Late Show the other night, um, a guy from Cork, I don't know if you've seen this, Jamie Wall is his name. Yeah, I've seen something about that. Interesting enough, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of, well, I suppose a different different story to Joe, but Jamie Wall, um, for anyone that doesn't know him, he was a Cork minor footballer in 2010, where they beat Tyrone. He was involved with the under-21s in 2012 and 2013, and also was involved with the hurlers. So he's a dual star, and he was... 21 years of age right and leading up he was captain of his local club leading up to the week of a second round of the championship he started to get these pains in his back just started off really small not bothering him and as the week progressively as the week progressively got on yeah he started to get worse pains and just could barely deal with the pain and he ended up um, on Saturday evening with uncontrollable pain, going to bed, lying down, waking up, and basically, that was it. He lost all power in his legs. Paralyzed. So he was rushed to hospital. Right. And basically what they found out was that he actually had an abscess wrapped around his spine. Yeah. And was doing severe damage to the nerves and all around him. Like if you... If you know like people get abscess in their mouth and teeth yeah. or whatever like that, like that's unbelievable pain. Like it's face numbing pain. Like could you imagine have that wrapped oh around your, your pretty much your 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 central nervous system, your spine, basically something you can't live without. But but my but my idea, Nathan, of I know it sounds so bad of someone um paralyzed is, you know, falling off a ladder in a car crash having some sort of an altercation like an accident or, or something exactly not yeah. not not what happened to that that man at, at that oh, like he was all, to make it worse he's 21 years of he was only starting out but in fairness to him um he bounced back um and he ended up actually managing Mary I I you probably know their college team down yeah, the, the teacher training college in Limerick, isn't it? Correct, Nathan. I see you, yeah, I'm telling you. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit upstairs there. It's not, not much, but there's a bit. <laughs> but he um, he ended up going in and managing Mary I and won a Fitzgibbon Cup with them, a hurler. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the top prize there. And he's he's obviously progressed on now and managing managing his local club and so on. But I just found it such an interesting um, topic of... I suppose injuries related and people coming back into sport and so on because you know even myself today like I was down the local pitch this evening and our new local ladies club Kilogia ladies yeah. um, are up and running and they had their first session tonight uh, all the underage were back and it just means so lot just for the younger crowd just to get out and you know parents around and looking at them like could you imagine you know, at 21 years of age, all that just being wiped out. Literally pulled out from yeah. the nature. Yeah, like that's, 
especially like you're going so well, like you're you're after making it to a, a minor football final and like playing well with your under twenty ones and look being a, a prospecting jewel star senior yeah which you don't see yeah. many jewel stars yeah. nowadays and next all of a sudden it's just you wake up one morning and poof god sorry buddy not happening yeah and listen I suppose that's that's the joys of life as well I, do you know what I, I don't know what was wrong with me this weekend I was just kind of stuck to the telly most weekend I watched uh, Lake Regale as well I don't know if you know that it's basically GA where they do all GA documentaries about past stars the likes of Graham Garrity Bernard Flynn was on it recently uh, Henry Shefflin with all these big stars and Sean Kavanagh was on it this week yeah do you know I meant to watch that <laughs> and let's tell a lie you, you were never going to watch it were you oh no no I've seen, I seen it advertised already and I meant to watch it and I, 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 it completely went down with my head Sean Kavanagh well to me like when I was growing up he was the ultimate I absolutely loved him like he had huge success massive he, oh my god like he won minor with Tyrone he three All Ireland senior titles in his five All Stars, isn't that right? Yeah, five, five All Stars, Player of the Year. Um, I think it wasn't he involved in in the international rules. He was captain of international rules one year, wasn't he? Yeah, it was over in Australia. Yeah, yeah. They won, and you know what? If anything was ever to come back, just give me back the international rules. Oh, but now, man. not not the not the recent ones. No, not the recent ones, but kind of back in the early noughties, uh, oh not, when they literally just went and knocked seven shades of. Yes, yeah, shite out of yeah. each other. <laughs> that was brilliant. I never forget. I remember oh, years ago we were only kids. We were young lads, and in fairness, uh, there was a chap here in Clara, PJ Rickard, looked after a lot of the underage. Yeah, a lot of the underage setups. You know what I mean? And he brought us to one of the international rules games in Croke Park. Yeah, and I never forget. We got to the stadium, and PJ realised he left the tickets on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the only saving grace we had that day was Brendan Lowry was with us, and Colin Scanlon was with us, and the boys knew that many people between them that lads were after leaving the tickets on the bus. We have a fifty-two seater bus full to the hilt with young lads. I actually think the bus was overloaded. It was back in the, it was kind of back in the time where you could put twenty people into a mini, and that was it. No yeah, one, no you, one bad. Line them up along, the, them up along the, the, the the alleyway or whatever you want to call it. And only the two boys were there, and people knew who the two boys were. They're like, ah, sure, look, come here. The top of the Hogan's Sand is empty. There's nobody in it. Go on, boys. Wherever you want to sit, off you go. Yeah. And I'll never forget looking at that game, and it was just, it was a bloodbath. One of the games stand up uh, vividly to me, like, I think it was the oh, same thing again, early noise. But, like, the referee hadn't even blown the whistle, throw the ball up for the beginning of the game. And, and they were it killed. There was murder. Like, Jesus Christ, I would I pay nineteen ninety nine on uh BT to watch the UFC. Yeah. Give that to me. Yeah. I would pay a thousand euro to watch GA lads kick the heads of Australian lads. Yeah, that was uh, that's literally all it was. In fairness to the Aussies, the Aussies were able they, they pull it up against us. Oh like, yeah. You know but they're I, hard as nails. I'll be honest with you, I can't really remember many of the outcomes of the actual game, like, you know, scoring wise, who won? I sure I couldn't even remember. I just used to go for the fights. I just used to go for the crowd. Yeah, watch the fights. Could you imagine what that would be like now if we were a bit older with a few paintings? Oh my God. I'd be, <laughs> be out in the middle of it. Go on, him. Watch on him, mate. Him digging the ribs. Go on. Anyways, so back to Sean Kavanagh. Ka- yeah, Sean Kavanagh. Sean Kavanagh, uh, he, he done 16 years at senior level, right? Some feet. And you're going to love this next part, right? This is this suits me and you straight down the alley. I'm listening. So when he was starting, this is why I couldn't stop laughing at. In his early years at senior and county level, the lads used to collect him for training. And he used to get into the car and he'd have the minerals, he'd have the sweets, the whole lot. No way. And ate them on like an intercounty star back in the early 2000s, ate the sweets, minerals. <laughs> and basically how he ended up stopped doing it was basically Mickey Hart ran the bejizz out of him one night above in Tyrone and he just puked everywhere and that was kind of the end he had to change the dietitian but like I was laughing because his sister or his wife was on and all that and when he was a younger guy they used to call him Chunky Sean Chunky Sean hey yeah Chunky Sean hey <laughs> and he was a massive fan he is this is why we're very alike now not in the physique but Great minds think alike. Yeah. Major fan of a Tejo sandwich. I do love a good Tejo sandwich. But I go kings now. I'm a king man. I'd be a king man myself, yeah. Oh, dairy gold. 
Curry Gold. Curry Gold, the block. Oh, the block. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. If, it's not, if it's not in a block, if it's not in a rock solid block that rips the bread open, you don't, it's, it's you not don't know about That whole stuff in the tub isn't even butter, it's plastic. Kerosene, I do call it. Herself <laughs> loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, God, why do we just keep talking about food? Any excuse for us to talk about food? Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Anyways, it's been a busy week, Nathan. Uh, Very busy week, yeah. Championship draws were done. Woohoo! Yeah, excellent. It was it was ideal. So gives us something to talk about more than anything else. Yeah, but good news is Westmead are in the quarterfinal already, so I'm happy. Oh yeah. Well, we if I, if we if we get better, at least we made a quarterfinal. Well, that's it. We we've got Leash in the quarterfinal, um, which is ideal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be in Tullamore, Northern Westmead, Leash Tullamore. Yeah, Unless it's no. going to be double head and grow park, which I can't really see. So see, it kind of doesn't really matter no. where they have it now because you, yeah. you can't get you can't get crowds at the games. Oh, so. sure, bring it to Clara or bring it. Oh, sure, come here. I have a, I have a patch of grass there with two goalposts to go for the young fella. Bring it in there. <laughs> we'll charge in. Um, we'll we, we, we'll charge you a fiver to look over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the hurling side of things for Westmead as well, they were drawn into a group in the Joe McDonough with Kildare and Carlo. So the way it works is they're going to get one home game and one away. Okay. And there's no semi-finals in the Joe McDonough. No no kissing, straight in. <laughs> Bit like yourself. <laughs> final, they're heading straight to the final. Okay, so if you top the group, you're into the final, okay? Which is, Jesus, great. It's great. Mm. The only thing about it, Carlo, same things I said to you, coming back down from Division 1, they were lucky to beat them last year in the relegation playoff. Yeah. It will be no tough task. Or will be, sorry. It will be a tough task. Will be a tough task. Yeah. Um, then we go to Awfully GA. Uh-huh. Another another exciting yoke. Ye, you're one less than us. You have the preliminary rounds. Yes, that's right. You got loud. 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 The I'm wee te- county. I'm telling you this, you can laugh all you want. Come here to tell you, right? Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart. <laughs> And now this is this is the Mickey Hart, not the gobshite from Donegal that was singing "We've Got the World Tonight." She stands on the moonlight. No, we're not doing. We're not going into this. We're not going into this. <laughs> but look, Mickey Hart is—he's probably one of the best managers the game has ever seen. Yeah. Obviously, he hasn't been the same man since the accident with the daughter that time. Mm. Um, it, it changed the way he kind of looked at everything, but at the same time. The man is just a genius. Yeah. There's no... You cannot argue. You cannot argue. He is a genius. Funny, funny thing, actually, on, on, on Mickey Hartnett. Same thing, Laker Gale. I remember watching it. was last year or sometime. He's actually very spiritual. Deeply religious man. Y- yeah, he goes... Mm. Like, he'll spend most of his days in churches. And, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe... But seeing that, you look at Awfully and what's coming true. I, w- I would fancy... Oh, like... The problem is awfully and Westmead to get into quarter final. Technically, they don't know if they're avoiding Dublin because it's an open draw in the semi final. Well, that's interesting, yeah. So if you do get to the semi final, well, one of us are going to get them unless we're very lucky and it's an awfully Westmead semi final. Which, in 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 my opinion, I can see that being a Westmead win. Mm. Kills me to say it, but at the same time, I just I can't I couldn't see awfully beating Westmead. God, I. John O'Keenan is going to kick me in the face the next time he sees me. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that. Like it's they've always been very close games. They've always been really good games. Like yeah. I remember going to an awfully Westmead game in was it O'Connor Park in Tullamore, not long after the new terrace was built. So the stand was there, the yeah. terrace. The terrace is obviously built because I was standing in it. But um <laughs> Built for you. Built for me, yeah. <laughs> but I remember looking across at the stand and I could just see this sea of maroon and white. Yeah. And it was just, the place was full to the hill to Westmead people. But, the next time I went to an Offie Westmead game in Cusick Park, it was the opposite. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Offie and Westmead have huge supporters. Huge supporters. That's it. And especially because you have that local rivalry, especially for people in the likes of, look, the likes of Rosemount, uh, Moat, kind of bordering yeah, towns. Yeah, You have Tober and Clara, and then Tullamore being close as well. Yeah. And, because you're on the off your Westmead border, I find that's where the rivalry is strongest. Yeah. Well, you know, the 
what do you think about when you talk about fans and following? Like, I remember when Westmead won the Leinster final 2004. Like, I know in Rosemont, I genuinely think if any lad had any bit of sense and he was wanted to rob a place, that was that day. Oh, that's where you go, yeah. Like, there wasn't a sinner in Rosemont. I think no. <laughs> a population of, I think, 200, between 200 to 300 to 400, I yeah. don't know, something along that line. And every one of them got on a bus in the style and headed to Croke Park. Which was the same the time after you yeah. played Galway in Croke Park in the Hurland, the game that John O'Keenan kindly pointed out my mistake in the, in the first episode. Yeah. I remember that morning coming out of Agate's pub in Clara and there was three 52-seater buses and a 24-seater bus <laughs> left Clara that day. And it was all Clara people. There was no one from Tubber or Valley Cumber that I know of anyway. Might, well, maybe one or two stragglers. If you wanted to rob Clara that day, <laughs> off you go, lads. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> you didn't even need the balaclava because there was no one around to see you. <laughs> but, he, but we move on to the awfully to the hurling and the Christy Ring, Nathan. Yeah. So, same thing. <laughs> Bit odd here as well. So, awfully are in a group of two. Okay. So, it's awfully and Sligo in the Christy Ring. The winner goes straight to the semi-final and the loser gets a second chance. I'm assuming it'll be a quarter-final, etc. on like the opposite that, yeah. side. So, Jesus, like... It would be fairly bad if you can't beat Sligo in the hurling. That's that's when I'd say you could hang it up. Yeah, can I be honest with you, Mar? Yeah. I didn't even know Sligo played hurling. <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't. <laughs> Nathan, how many teams in Ireland? Uh, better question. No, oh, you're gonna know this answer. I was gonna ask you who's the who's the most All Irelands. Most All Irelands in the hurling. No, just as a player individually, which I told you this last night. You did tell me last night. Do you know what the worst thing about it is, Marv? What? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a lady footballer from Cork. Yeah. Were they right in saying Breach? Yeah, Breach Cork. Corcoran, yeah. Corkery. 18, Corkery. 18 All-Ireland medals. You see, I should have been thinking, if I thought Colin Corkery there, I should have got Breach Corkery. <laughs> yeah, no relation. No relation at well, all. maybe no. it could have been, I don't know. Um, But listen, same thing. Oh, there is a relation there. What? Well, Breach's father and Colin's father. They're both fathers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, listen, I'd be, listen, you'd be definitely expecting awfully to get uh, a Christy Ring semi final. Yeah, you'd be hoping yeah. so. But look, like that, the way things are going with the COVID across every sport in the world at the minute, you, can, you can't call results. Yeah. Just these strange results just keep popping up. And I reckon a lot of it is due to the fact that you've no supporters in, in to yeah. creating that atmosphere in the stadium or in the grounds or whatever you want to call it that's a lot that's a big part of the game yeah it's a big part of the game doesn't matter what sport it is whether it be rugby soccer hurling football LGFA camogie Jesus tiddlywinks yeah you're lacking the supporters which I think is it's given smaller teams a kind of a it's not even supporters isn't it? it's the diehard support like yeah <laughs> you look at you look at uh, the likes I'm just thinking of off because it just stands out uh, is it Mickey Mickey McDonough no Joe McDonough Mickey, Mick, Ma- Mickey McDonough Mick McDonough yeah he's like that man goes oh, everywhere in an off New Jersey like he's everywhere. been to New York everything yeah. like he is an avid follower avid follower uh, PJ Malai is the same PJ Malai yeah goes awfully men's ladies camogie yeah just absolutely Absolutely loves it. Like I even seen PJ. PJ does put up fa- yeah. uh, pictures on Facebook of random jersey. Yeah. I think he has a jersey for every club and awfully. But but he he they, these guys alone like and I know it's not just them two but like across the country like there's so many of them. Yeah. Like jeez, these people must be literally chawing at the bit to get out the front door. Yeah. To go to any match. Yeah. It's like me trying to go to a concert. I just want to go to a concert. I just want to stand. In a room with people, with loud rock music playing. I don't care if it's an ABBA tribute band at this stage. What about a Daniel O'Donnell band? Oh, Jesus. I, do you know what? I was thinking of setting up my own Daniel O'Donnell tribute band. That's how desperate I'm gone at this stage. Oh, my God. I was actually going to see Linda Shorten stand in on backing vocals. <laughs> a lovely voice. A lovely voice. Come here. Best one of the week and social media has blown up over it. I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen something about it. This have. is the best thing I've ever seen. So, the Connacht G uh, done a... For, sorry, the... Done the draw for the fixtures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for the Connacht Championship. Yeah. And the chairman, John Murphy, was 
live on RT1, 6-1 News with Bowl Marty Morrissey. And Marty. And so for anyone that didn't see this, there's two bowls, they're shuffling around, they have little tubes, open the tube, out comes the team on Galway or whatever. Yeah. So basically, as the video went on and they're doing it live, John Murphy picks out a canister, kind of feels something inside of it and just blatantly puts it back in Allegedly. Uh, sorry, allegedly. 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 We're a small operation here. We don't want to be getting sued after our third episode. Allegedly. <laughs> Listen, it could be seen as clear as day. But anyways. Allegedly. <laughs> Put back in, little swing around, and out pops another team. So basically, it saw Mio or Sligo getting drawn against um, Leitrim in the semi final. Doesn't take a, 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 a GAA expert to see yeah. who was winning that game now, in fairness. Yeah, but like the funny thing about it was um, the selected canister he put back into bowl before drawing the game a few seconds later, a few seconds later, was Galway. Okay. I mean to say. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah allegedly. <laughs> so social media just went berserk on Twitter access like they had the videos slow-mo the whole lot and basically Conor G actually came out and dismissed you know sent out a press letter and dismissed it and all that but for me it was the funniest thing I've ever seen and you know what even is even better this week what's that now I don't know if you're on Twitter or you follow oh, no. much G uh, or LGFA but the amount of Free vans that were given to GA and LGFA teams this week is ridiculous. Free vans? Free kit vans. Right. <laughs> kit vans. I swear to God, every second picture that's on Twitter is a kit van for the team for the coming ahead. For the year coming ahead. I just want to put this out there that if anybody would like to sponsor Kick the F and Ball podcast... And every new kit van. Myself and Alan would graciously appreciate that. <laughs> Also getting back to it, as we said in a previous episode, <laughs> if anyone wants to give us a free house, we'll take that too. <laughs> she needs something to park in the driveway, lads. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but anyways, like, I'm just so excited. I'm, we're, we're, I'm literally counting down days. You literally look like a child waiting to sit on Santi's knee in the shopping centre. It's not even funny. Like, I, like I'm, ooh, hasn't been announced yet. It's been announced later in the week. I reckon... Middle of May, seniors will be back club training as well. Oh, going well, yeah. Yeah, which will be good. Like, all the inter-county squads are back now. They're training away, enjoying themselves, um, putting in the hard graft, I can only imagine. Yeah. Like, the funny thing about it is, uh, it's, it's only three weeks down the line where we'll have national leagues, like. Yeah. That, that's going to be that's gonna be the best part about it. And then I'm assuming the county boards um, are going to come out with their uh, club fixtures um, and if we're going to get back early I'm hoping that there'll be some sort of club league run before a couple of games get in before championship I heard somebody say them they're actually looking at running a league in Westmead this year yeah yeah I heard someone say this to me I'm not sure about off you know I haven't been, I haven't okay, really okay. been talking to anybody lately but uh, someone said to me during the week they were looking at running a running a, a league in Westmead you see, the thing with the likes of your office, your Westmeads, the guys that aren't really going to progress that far in the Leinster Championship, you know, like, you know yourself, if you're playing in Dublin, you're not going to be playing your club football for another while. Whereas in Offaly, it's a kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a bittersweet sort of a thing that, okay, if the county team does well, it's going to push out the club a little bit. Mm. But the same, like, if they don't do well, your club is going to start a bit earlier. Do you know what I'd love? You know all this crack went on over in England uh, the last week where you had the Super League and the six teams going off to the European Super League oh, and all Jesus, this banter. Yeah. Wouldn't it be just outrageous crack if Westmead and Offaly got together and put a Super League, you know, before obviously to go back to the club championships? Yeah. Outrageous. Could you I, imagine the belts and yeah. the rows you'd have between likes of Clara Ro- you know what I mean but All I remember something there was something something like that happened a couple of years ago with the it's, underage yeah, no it it still does it still does because still yeah. I remember I like I was hurling with Clara I, I, I tell you a lie I wasn't hurling with Clara I was walking down the road to go to the shop to buy myself a can of coke and a bus pulled up beside me Nathan have you boots? I'm up at the house there yeah have you a hurl? no we'll give you one 
Where am I going? Mullingar. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're going down to play Oliver Plunkettstone in Mullingar. We're stuck for lads. Any chance you'll come and play? I said, why? What age group? Under 14. It's like, I'm I'm 16. <laughs> You're all right. Don't worry about it. He says, come on. It's <laughs> I can't even remember who was the manager of the team at the time. So he literally put me on the bus, up to the house, got me boots and the gear Ouch. and the whole lot, out the door over to Mullingar. i never forget it because... They had a full panel of something like 20 odd lads. We had 13. It was supposed to be 15 to side. <laughs> right? But they didn't want to give us any, any of their two lads. So we kind of came to the agreement look, play 13 to side and we'll do roll on, roll off subs. So I had to play the whole game. Now, Murphy, bear in mind, 16 year old Nathan was not the fittest man in the world. Yeah. I literally stood in corner forward. I don't think I got a look at the ball, never mind the poke of the ball. <laughs> and all I can remember was a lad standing at the goal as an umpire but he was only about 14 or 15 he had the biggest Alsatian or German Shepherd one of them I've ever seen in my life <laughs> and he kept shouting over to your man that he was marking don't worry Patsy if he gets the ball I let, let the dog off the lead you're alright don't worry about it so I just I just looked over to the lane and said ball comes near me I'm not touching it end of story good luck I literally stood there for the whole match <laughs> talk about putting fear in a lad oh mother of god huh? and I yeah, see, I would like to see, I would, they still do the, sorry, they still do the league. It's an awful yeah. league, Westmead League, it's, it's um, three counties. I don't know, I, t- I, I know it's done with Leinster GA do it, underage league, I think it's interprovincial league. Camogie do it as well, actually. Right. Yeah, Camogie do it, I know Leash awfully in Westmead do it as well in Camogie. LGFA, I don't think so, no they don't. Um. But wouldn't it be class? Like, the amount of rows. It'd be and, great. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. It's not even rows. It's just getting back to the whole rivalry thing. It's like, oh, if you have yeah. a team from off, you're playing a team you from West Imagine Rosemont and Tubber, like, they're right yeah. beside each other on the border. You know? I'm sure even you know yourself, yeah. me and you played together, Rosemont and Clara. But we spent most of the time smoking fags. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to say that, Morph. <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh, yeah, I'll never forget the referee again Jesus buys with you at least wait till the match is over <laughs> and to make it worse that was under 16 you weren't even supposed to be smoking in the first place <laughs> alright oh, little did he know about the Heineken in the war bottle <laughs> oh, they were the days they were the days oh, Mo- moving on I want to give a, a quick shout out as well while, while, while we're talking all things I suppose sporty and everything else. A quick shout to a good mate of mine over in Canada. He's actually cousin of Boy Dudes last week. Um, Dylan Hastert, originally from Rosemount. Um, they're doing a run for with Peak Performance. It's a company, um, I suppose, all about fitness and all that. Based the, a fitness ab- company, as was you could call them. Thank you. There you go. Uh, they're based above in Kildare. Uh, Dylan's working with them, but they're doing a marathon. There's lads in all over, I suppose, Ireland. And internationally, Dylan and Canada, they're doing a virtual marathons. And Jesus, they're doing it for um, the Irish Society of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Um, I have it. <laughs> but they've over 10,000 raised already. Like That's huge, fantastic. Yeah, huge yeah. money. So I just want to give them a shout out and the best of luck in the, in the coming weeks. I think it's sometime in May they're getting going. Last marathon I seen Dylan doing was in your stag, going from pub to pub. <laughs> and uh, do you know what? Like he said to me about the marathon, you know, we had a good chat on it, chatting him here a couple of weeks ago. But Martin, I was like, the only way at this stage now I'd possibly do a marathon is in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember. And even at that, you'd be two men to pay for the diesel. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now in fairness, the time we came uh, off. Time we came off operation, or I came off operation automation, and we got this brave idea to walk from Cork to Cork to Clara. Oh, more like that was the that was just chronic. That how like, and that was literally a harebrained idea of. Oh, we do. We were sitting in my sitting room, playing FIFA, and I says to Morph, "I'd love to do something for charity." And Morph says, "Yeah, sure." What's your job will do? I'll walk from Cork to Clara. <laughs> I nearly fell off the couch. <laughs> now, in fairness, this is when you were doing well and you were still yeah, you were yeah, keeping yeah, the way yeah, up. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You were sitting there eating some sort of a salad or something you were after bringing with you. I was sitting there eating a snack box. I was sure. And this is right. Well, <clears throat> what charity will we do it for? And there was a, a young girl in Clara who um, 
Yeah, she was sick. Yeah. She was sick, and there was a connection there. My partner's family and her family would all be friendly, have been for years. And we said, well, do you know what? We'll do it for her. We'll ask her, yeah. you know. And she wanted us to do it for Canteen Ireland, which yeah. great charity there for teenagers with cancer, cancer and yeah. and the likes. So we done it, and we raised, we raised a lot of money for it after. We actually over we, 20... We, it was, it was over 20 grand, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But we got a good committee involved as yeah. well, in fairness. Um, the young girl's father got a couple of people he worked with and they got involved. And, <laughs> you know, it was it, it, it turned out really well, actually. I, I think the highlight of the week, I'll never forget it, the highlight of the week. So we obviously, we were walking, myself, yourself, uh, there, was, there was a couple of more people. A lot of people came to support yeah, us along the did, way, yeah. The, the, the funny the best I, I can remember that is still stands out vividly to me and I'll never forget having to come back up for physio I think it was on a Wednesday night and uh, for anyone that's know it would be my father father-in-law my, my well no, you know what I mean but, um, so <laughs> Joe Devine was driving the van for us all week in front of us right? Ernest, go on, Joe. yeah doing what to call these things I don't know. Well, it wasn't security. Uh, uh, he was like a marshal. He had to yeah, drive yes, the van in front yes. of us. Oh, safety thing, Amber yeah. flashing lights and well, large lad walking and all yeah, this stuff. You if, know. <laughs> if, if, we got, if we got hit by a car, I'd say we do more damage than against. But anyways, back to my story. <laughs> we, ended up, we ended up back up in uh, oh, Mouse's uh, Mind Over Matter at the time mm. and went into the physio and like Joe was driving saying, on the clutch or on the accelerator all day from nine o'clock to six o'clock. Doing maybe six mile six kilometers an hour. If you, even like if even. <laughs> went in. I was in a hip at my ankle and the whole lot. <laughs> Walks in, physio's there, right, uh, Alan, do you wanna have a look here? Joe pushed me out. I'm first, he says, look at this ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Joe had to get the ankle strapped to <laughs> Alright, so earlier on in the week we caught up with local business owner slash GAA player slash pretty much all around sound fella. Um, we have Offaly GAA and Clara GAA footballer and owner of Aspire Gym here in Clara County Offaly, Mr. Joe Quinn. You're very welcome to this week's guest, Mr. Joe Quinn, all the way from Clara County Offaly. We're delighted to have Joe on the line. Um, Joe, for anyone that doesn't know, has done numerous work with SNC across the country with clubs, counties, was even involved with Leinster Rugby for a while. And as well as that, he owns uh, Aspire in Clara County, Offaly. Um, Joe, how the hell are you? I'm good, Alan. I'm good. How are you keeping? Good, good, good. All's, all's good. How are you getting on with uh, the lockdown and everything going on so far? Yeah, I'm not cracking up too much. Um, it's a little bit annoying. Um, kind of obviously, I love when getting ready for championship and you know, planning, planning seasons. Um, but we were never really prepared for trying to plan seasons like this yeah um, but learning, learning new skills like trying to run training sessions through zoom and things like that um, and you know, working through apps where people can upload their programs and stuff but uh, a lot of challenges but I suppose it's the same for everybody so we're just trying to deal with it as best we can uh, do you find it um Joe because a lot of uh, strength and coaches have talked do you, do you find it a lot harder I suppose with the transition from face-to-face contact to going into maybe Zoom and phone calls where you would have, like, God, I, any weekend you'd pass down by Aspire, you'd have any amount of either inter-county teams or club teams in with you on weekend. Like, is that completely different now to what the way it is at the minute? Yeah, yeah, like, I'm very limited. Like, there's a lot of things I just can't do. And any training we can do, trying to do it through Zoom, it's better than nothing. Um, it is good where you might have a team collectively logging on and doing some exercises, but not being able to see them in person and face-to-face and correct different things or maybe get more out of them um, like you would face-to-face is a bit of a challenge. But um, it is, I suppose, good to have them doing something, but it's it's very it gets very monotonous and you get to a point where you can't change it up too much after a certain number of sessions. Yeah. And I, I suppose to, to get that... like. For yourself, Joe, like I know, um, as a young kid and going into teenage, you went, you were in art school, Ciaran, and you won a vocational All Ireland, if I'm right saying that, with art school, Ciaran. 
Yeah, we won two, two All-Irelands at our school, one under 16, and we won a senior as well. And, and when so, you went to um, UL doing, you went to do a bachelor's in sports and exercise science, when you were, sorry, at, say, in secondary school, did you, was that something you always wanted to do in terms of going down the road of the gym work and working with teams and, or was that just kind of came yeah, to you later yeah. years? I don't know, 100%. When I was in school, I couldn't imagine. Um, when I was a young lad, I thought I was going to play for, for Liverpool. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything that wasn't fitness-related or sports-related. And if I wasn't going to be a paid to play or be a professional player, I wanted to be working in that industry or the fitness industry. So I was always mad about fitness and sport. And then to get to go to Limerick and study sport and exercise science, it was great to study it, but even every every lecture I went to, I was looking at how I could improve my own game and improve my own fitness and my speed and, and different aspects of my own game. So it was it was it was great. And under I suppose that time of obviously being a teenager, because as long as I know you, Joe, I would always have said that you know you you were an animal in the terms of your height, your build, like you put a lot of work into I suppose your own self performance more than anything else. Were you always that type of a of a guy, even at... I know you're captain uh, awfully in the minor and you captain under 21. When you were at that age, were you always kind of that big man or was it a lot of work, you know, you had to develop yourself? Yeah, I think when I first started playing, like I remember I went to secondary school in Arnstall, Kieran, and I didn't play Gaelic football. Wow. Um, and um, it was I was playing a lot of soccer and I did a lot of, I did a lot of cross-country running, so I was extremely slight. Um, and when we won the under 16 on Ireland, I was a fringe player. I was just about making the team. And I was playing somewhere in corner forward. And I was probably there just because I could run all day. And um, I was only picking up the football skills. And then we just with great coaching in Arts School, Kieran. And then with the Clara, like I started playing with Clara under 14, like the last year under 14 and then under 16. And a lot of people just brought me to the right coaches and to these different workshops that were happening around the county. I started progressively improving, but it was only kind of as I got older, maybe towards fifth year and sixth year, um, I kind of started probably filling out a little bit more, but probably started kind of doing a bit more body weight exercises and trying to increase my muscle mass. And it was really when I went to university then and started learning about um, exercise and strength training that I really got into trying to build myself up and become a bigger player. Um, but I was probably... John, until about fifth or sixth year, I was probably fairly slight. <laughs> but but uh, the funny thing is, I am um, uh, when I was doing a bit of research with you today, like you you won all Ireland's in athletics as well. I ne- I never knew that. Like you obviously done a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Like one one big thing that that kind of comes that kind of adds to my um, like say training with teams is um, I trained um, athletics. You know, all my teenage years, um, and I started off cross country, and then I kind of as I got older went into sprinting. And we, I was lucky enough, I trained with the, I, I started off at Raheem, Raheem AC and Clara with Johnny Butler and George Butler. And I got into hurdles and um, I got to a point where I just felt if I went to Tullamore Harriers, I could get access to the track and, and um, more hurdles for specialist training. And I did a lot of running and um, hurdle, like sprinting over hurdles. And I won maybe four or five Leinster titles in a row. Wow. And I came third in Ireland, third in Ireland for the 400 meter hurdles. Um, and like I remember, um, I was in TY, and I was um, at the time every Wednesday I used to go down to Nina, and I trained with the Irish Athletics hurdles coach. And oh. um, and so I was going well in athletics, and it's one thing I always wondered what would happen if I stayed going. But um, I was I was and I also I won a few All Ireland medals um, with Tullamore Harriers four by 400 meter relay team. We actually won. We won all Ireland in that and a four by 200 meter indoor. And then um, it was when I became the Offaly minor captain um, that the minor coach had said to me that, look, you're going to have to make a decision here. You know, um, you know we're, we want you to be the minor captain and we can't have you missing trains because you're at athletics. Yeah. Um, and I suppose at that time when you're that age and, and you're, you're training athletics, which is a very individual sport, and when you're a teenager and you see the credit that you get for playing football and winning yeah. football matches and how much you do in the athletics and maybe don't get as much recognition. So it was a very easy decision at that time for a young lad yeah. to say, right, I'm going to go and play with the Offaly Miners. 
Um, but there was there's a lot of advantages to that individual sport as well in terms of discipline and you know the whole thing that if you don't go training, there's nobody want to ring or give out. You have to do it off your own off your own bat. But then with the team sport, there's a lot of there was a lot of pluses which kind of dragged me that way. But yeah, that was where I kind of had to make the decision. That was the, the fork. But then in my in my football, the athletics background and the sprinting background really, really stood to me. Um, my first few years, like you know, going up the ladder in the football yeah. ter- terms of things. But and I was just like you when you were in UL, you actually went. Um, which is it's quite incredible as well because you you have the GA background you have the athletics background but you also then went in and done an intern with Leinster Rugby and then after that intern you actually became uh, like a, re- a regional fitness advisor for them if I'm right saying that for five or six years yeah yeah exactly yeah so it was great and um, it was just kind of it's, it's more feathers to the cap really like in terms of my coaching ability now um, but yeah when I was in Limerick and um, as as part of my third year, I had to take, do a placement. And luckily enough, um, when we were in the gym with Offaly, our strength and conditioning coach was a coach with Leinster Rugby. And I kind of said to him jokingly, I said to him, I need, I need work experience. Can you sort me out? <laughs> and uh, he came back to me and uh, and then um, had an interview lined up with Liam Hennessy of the IRFU and got through the interview. And I was up with Leinster Rugby every day for eight months with the senior squad. And we were in the gym by seven o'clock. And with different groups, and then they'd be on the pitch about two or three in the afternoon, and just to see how they trained, and even to see how they brought athletics into it, and the gym work that they did. I'd say it's it unbelievable; like it's just different level. Yeah, and like this was that was two thousand and five, two thousand and six when I did that. Yeah, but even then it was massive, and um, but it's come on leaps and bounds even since that, you know. But it was massive. It was more learning there than probably my whole four years in Limerick. <laughs> and as well as coppers as well thrown into it I, I, I've never heard of that place <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe so when you, you came out of college um, and then obviously you got the idea for Aspire um, in, in Clara uh, it opened in 2007 or it established in 2007 was this um, an idea that was kind of overnight or was it a thing that you're like you know what, yeah, I really want, once you came out of college, this is the way I'm going now and I'm really happy with it. Um, no, it's kind of something that built and built gradually and kind of part of my experience with different aspects of sport kind of helped me realise that there was a gap in the market. And um, so when I came out of Limerick, I worked in the Hudson Bay. Wow. And um, well, actually, I went travelling for a few months to South, South Africa, South America, sorry. And I came back and realised I was going to have to try and earn a bit of money. And I got a job in the Hudson Bay gym um, as a fitness instructor. Right. And I worked there for a little while. And it was it was then a kind of different kind of little breaks and then little little ideas because of experience. So like so there was kind of two main areas that helped me decide to go out of fire. One was kind of a break where um a parent of one of the guys from Offley who I coached in Limerick. Yeah. So like obviously my final year in Limerick, I coached a fresher team. Right, and one of their dads rang me up and asked me, um, John, would I do a talk for the office sports partnership about getting fit and things like that? So, um, that was kind of the first sports science related thing I did, right? And I went to little talk in Dangan, and it was just about starting your fitness program and giving people advice. And I answered a few different sports related questions. And I was working in the Hudson Bay at the time, and I got a phone call then about a week later. And it wasn't someone that was there, but it was a guy that said his, his wife was there right. and, and and had talked about some of the stuff I was mentioning. And he asked me would I come and do a talk for his local hurling team. Wow, okay. So I went and did a talk for the team and was explaining about different types of training. And then they asked me if I would go and do a few sessions. So I did a few sessions and was asked back and was asked back. And within two weeks, a different team rang me and asked me would I do the same for them. So kind of that kind of got the hamster in the, the hamster wheel going, um, or the hamster in the head going, and I kind of thought to myself, right, there's a there's a there's a business in this, like, you know, working with teams. Yeah. And at that time, that was 2006, so I started seeing that okay, every club team, every team is going to start bringing sports science into their training a bit more. Like nowadays, it's everywhere, yeah. but back then, it wasn't everywhere. And 
And I, I kind of saw that, look, this is going to be part of every club team, every GA team, every soccer or rugby yeah. uh, team out there. And um, well, that was one thing. Then I was lucky enough that um, where I'm living, there's a lot of land um, around, and we have where Aspire is now was an old outhouse here at Clara House. Right. And I remember like, I was talking to Dad about different ideas I had, and Dad said to me, um, you know, if you can, if you ever think of something that you might do or that you might want to convert that that building into, you know, let me know. Um, um, so the whole idea about Aspire in terms of our training camp facilities and having the accommodation and the training facilities and then the food and you know catering and the team building aspect that came kind of from different training camps that we went on with Offaly. And like one example is a training camp we went to in Sligo. Um, and we, we were kind of, the whole weekend was just filled with driving and convoy to different um, activities. So right. we played a challenge match, which was common. Then we drove in convoy to a hotel. And, and then we stuck the next day, I think we drove to some pitch in Sligo to train. I think we drove somewhere else then to go kayaking or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I get you, yeah. There was a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. There was people getting lost in different roads, taking the wrong turn, <laughs> ringing to see where you went. And again, that kind of got the other idea of thinking, imagine if, if all of this was in one spot. Yeah. Be- so, yeah. Because like a lot of people that don't know Aspire, like um, I would have brought teams in there with you over the years with AIT and stuff like that. And it like, it's just unbelievable. Like, I think it's like, um, I read today, it's like on a 35 acre site, but like you have from um, a full blown gym to living accommodations, to kitchens, you have um all the rehabilitation stuff in terms of your ice bats, you, you have a obstacle course, you have rafting, like it's just you even have a pitch there to do train sessions. Like it is unbelievable for something like that to be in the heart of Midlands, and I don't think enough people actually um even realise it's there to 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 use that facility. So that alone, I just think it's top notch. And every time I go into it, I'm kind of taken back and like even the teams you've worked with Joe like since you've really I suppose took up and inspire open like like you worked with Westmead senior footballers in 2012 13 18 you were with Awfully Hurlers 2010 2014 Sligo senior footballers also in 2014 you were at the call with Camogie you were at Awfully Camogie you were at Awfully LGFA and that doesn't even go to start with any of the club teams you're like you've been with the amount of teams I'd say you have, you're nearly close to the amount of dinners as I had. <laughs> Not just quite close, but you're almost. But like you, you've just you've you must know every man in the man, woman, child in the Midlands at this day, like because the amount of teams you've been with and the success you've got as well along the way with these teams, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to, like even uh, before I was talking to you, and I was trying to think back to different teams I worked with and. And kind of go through a bit of a list. It's kind of it's great to have a look, and and even teams that are not involved with for a full season, like sometimes we teams they just do programs for or yeah, you know, do the odd session here and there, and it's it's great to see that I have worked with a lot of counties and a lot of club teams in different counties, and I I'm, I'm glad. I mean, it's kind of it's yeah, it's, it's it's like a sense of accomplishment when I look back on it because obviously I think one of the best forms of advertising I've ever had is word of mouth. Yeah. Um, I think that's it's a good it's a good sign there, I suppose. So and um, hopefully I'm doing something right anyway. Uh, and then if we take I suppose Aspire out of the picture, you as an individual, Joe, um you, you played with Clara and you played with uh, the Clara seniors for numerous years and you you're probably um you've three county medals in your back pocket in thousand three, two thousand nine and two thousand eleven. Just the two. Two we should have won in two thousand eleven, but what? I didn't want to talk about 2011, but it's all right. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sir. I thought I thought you had three in your pocket. No. No, I've only two. Uh, well, listen, two's better than it's better than what I have. I've yeah. known. <laughs> 2011 still haunts me though. Yeah, but the, the funny because uh, I know this is uh, uh, as you as an individual, and I was reading an article today. I, I remember you telling me that you were sick, but I never actually asked you um what happened. But I was just reading an article today that I didn't know your heart actually stopped. But I just thought. Yeah, yours. Your heart stopped beating for fifteen minutes. Yeah, I had I had um, cardiac arrest. Wow! And I had, I had paramedics doing CPR up in the up in the house for fifteen minutes while they waited for a second ambulance to arrive. And then the second ambulance, because I had an advanced paramedic, were able to administer adrenaline into the heart, um, and that kind of got the heart beating. Um, 
And then, and then it was kind of rushed into Tullamore and put on a ventilator and life support for a couple of days. What, what age were you, Joe? I was 25. Wow. Because the, the thing that got me was, um, when that happened, I think, was was it summer of 2008, 2009, am I right? Or, yeah, but like, the 7th of June. You, you, because uh, on the article it said you couldn't walk 20 metres down the corridor. Like, how in God's name did you end up going back and playing in, you know, county finals, uh, back in on the awfully seat, and even build yourself up to where, like, Jesus Christ, that much take an awful amount of great determination, just pure willpower, like, because it's just seen yeah. the doctors were all writing you off, like, it, it, that alone is amazing. Yeah, I suppose there's a few different, I suppose, thing, factors there. I suppose one thing is stubbornness is a great thing sometimes. <laughs> um, and you have plenty of so, it. Yeah, yeah, there's a good bit of stubbornness in me. But um, I suppose the other thing was like, you know, if you the right support as well, like, you know, yeah. family, friends, um, everyone I knew was really supportive and really helpful. And, and only for their support, you know, I could still be crying, crying myself about, crying you know, to myself about it. But, a lot of people were there to help me at the time and you kind of sometimes don't realise that's time until you look back. There was a lot of people kind of support me and kind of keep me motivated. And then I suppose the other thing that is probably just a, a lesson for any of these big things, like when you when you just talk about it there, like, I suppose I kind of blanked it out my mind a little bit, but when you talk about everything that happened there, it, it sounds like a massive, massive thing, which it was, but I suppose it's, it kind of just sums up that the whole thing of any problems you have or any big, big things, you just have to break them down into small little chunks yeah. or small little asks. So from when I woke up, the first thing was, was I eating? Was I able to eat food or was I able to drink? Wow. Then I went from getting out of the bed and walking to the door with the help of the nurse. And then I got to the point where I was walking down the corridor a little bit to talk to, mom, to my dad and my brother um, in the waiting room area. And then, then it got to the point where I... I don't know, I was able to maybe stay up for an hour without falling asleep. And it was kind of all these little small milestones, which eventually when you look back and think, my, my God, that's that's a massive difference. Yeah. And um, not at, every, at that time, it was only the next step. And that's the next goal. And the next goal now is to do this. And the next goal is maybe to walk the stairs. And the next goal, maybe. So then we got to the point where I got out of hospital. So that was a massive goal. Then it might have been, I'll go for a walk and things like that. Yeah. And... Um, and it just, no, the walk went from 500 metres to 700 metres to a week later you're walking a kilometre to, okay, I might try and do a bit of jogging. And uh, it was little small steps like that, I suppose, um, that all just added up. Yeah. And because, it was just, no, yeah. it's just, to read it, it was just, uh, it was unbelievable to kind of have that story. And I think what was, what was even better was kind of the way you're actually able to go back to being like obviously inter-county like you know yourself that such a high standard you have to be at and for you to actually be able to come back and get on to an inter-county team uh oh, I, I re- who did you actually came or you started who what was your game back in the, uh, with the Offaly do you remember um, with Offaly oh my first game back with Offaly and um, I think I came on as a sub in an Auburn Cup match yes and um, I think it was against I was actually it was against Langford right and I come on as a sub in the Auburn Cup match. Um, and then, actually, then it was really, I only got a few minutes there. My first start with Offaly, it was funny, my first start with Offaly was in the National League against Cavan. And I remember, I remember being in the dressing room and Tom Cribben was there. And Tom Cribben, I have to say, was massively, massively helpful to me during that period. Um, he did a lot behind the scenes yeah, for me. he's a gentleman, yeah. And then, um, I remember talking to him and, and, and we were hearing a, a spire and we were actually training a spire at the time and he, he was walking, I was walking into the gym and he said, well, the team doctor is upstairs. He, I want, I, I'm hoping to start you at the weekend, but I want him to talk to you and give you the all clear. And I said to him, I said, no, I'm fine, Tom. I'm grand. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, he, and he said, no, I said, I said, I can't, I can't live it myself putting you on that pitch if that doctor doesn't give you the okay. Yeah. So that was the first thing. Um, he gave me the all clear to play and he was amazed with the story and he actually said to me that only for I was fit at the time not too many people would survive what happened to my heart Jesus no mm. but in, before we went out onto the pitch I remember Tom Cribben um, I had a jersey on and we were going out 
I think I was one of the last people to leave the dressing room and Tom looked at me and I, I think I nearly probably had tears in my eyes but just kind of said best luck and I don't know whether it was a hug or a handshake or what it was but it was just it was a nice feeling for an out. Oh yeah, when you look back now like I'd say it was just unbelievable to be able to get back out onto the pitch mm-hmm. and and do do what you'd done and I think that's even I suppose locally in, in Clara like I think that's what a lot of people admire about what you've done and what you've bounced back from at that stage and accomplished and even the teams you've worked with like I know you've done you're, you're a man of many trades like even when he goes to the footballing the hurling the camogie the ladies football like you've worked with them all like um, and I know it's going to sound uh, a, a bit but what what is your preferred sport Joe if you if you had to pick um, kind of what would what would be your preferred sport yeah I suppose I find that um, one of the things, I suppose, with sports science, and I was asked this before, I suppose because I have a degree in sports science, I, I think that if a, tennis ta- a table tennis player came up to me and said, I want you to train me and coach me, once I know the needs of the game and the yeah. name, like the needs analysis of what they need, I think, I feel that as a sports scientist, you can pretty much work with any athlete, any team. Um, and then I suppose with the GA, even though I wouldn't have played hurling, I found that you know, having the sports science background, having worked with different hurling teams as a strength conditioning coach, understanding the game and maybe knowing what I'd like to see tactics-wise is good to go with. But I definitely think because I was a footballer and when I managed football teams, I think there's probably a bit more of a passion working with football teams and, and the tactics and, and you know. And is that um, something... Is that something down uh, down the line, Joe? I know obviously you do a lot of strength and conditioning work at the minute, but is it down the line, say, in the next five, ten years, where you'd actually like to get involved um, managing the senior teams? Definitely. I, I think uh, I think it would probably be a natural progression. And I suppose as a strength and conditioning coach, a lot of coaches out there will, will recognise this one. I found, because I've worked with different managers along, along, the, along my experience, and one of the things, I suppose, as a strength and conditioning coach is you can find that you're, you're nearly bargaining and, and bartering with the manager to say, right, okay, we need to test on this stage and actually we need to pull back from training or we need to do more gym work or we don't need to play a challenge match today. And you're kind of nearly um, negotiating with managers sometimes. Yeah. So one thing I felt, like one of the reasons why I've, I've liked to go into management is because, because of my sports science background, because of my playing days, I feel that if I had full control over when we train, when we play, when we rest, when we gym, um, it helps me do my sports science job or my strength and conditioning job a bit better by having full control. Because sometimes I might have the best plan in place, yeah. but the manager might might maybe go against me on some calls. So I think if I just take the reins, sometimes I can have full say. Are you looking for a kit, man? No, I'm, I'm available if we're going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, better, actually... <laughs> You you might take it over for me when I get thrown out, maybe. <laughs> so this this year alone, uh, Joe, you're with uh, Bracna senior footballers and you're with awfully senior lady footballers. Uh, how how do you divide your time? Um, with like even I was looking while well, even previous years you were working with awfully hurlers and awfully football, all kind of different same years. Like how do you divide your time and give? Like you must be on the road seven days a week, Joe. Like. You, is it always constant goal? I suppose there's times where you could be gone every night of the week. Yeah. Um, but um, like I suppose that time, there was 2014, I, I took a job with Brian Wheelhan with the Offaly Senior Hurlers. Right. And um, I also worked with the Sligo Senior Footballers, right. which sounds crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> I, um, Pat Flanagan, had, who I'd worked with at Westmead, had approached me about the Sligo job. But Brian Wheelhan had, had approached me before that. So, I kind of I I had um, committed to Brian, yeah. And but thankfully, I suppose over the years with Aspire, I've had a few different staff members. So again, I, I've I've taken on different staff members who had experience and had the qualifications. So thankfully, at the time, I had I had um, a sports scientist working with me. So kind of the deal was that where possible, we were working on different training nights. And um, but when there was clashes, when there was clashes. Obviously, I told Pat, I said, look, I've, I've committed to this one first. So, say, I suppose Offaly was my main one. But I said, the nights I'm caught or I can't, we can't change things around, I have a sports scientist who's going to follow my plan and my program and do my training session. So, it was kind of like split myself in two nearly, but had somebody doing my plan for me and when I wasn't able to make it. So, having some people to, to maybe run my programs 
um, was one way of combating it. Um, but usually I'd find that I have one main team that I'm involved with, and outside of them nights is when I can fit in other teams. Yeah. Um, maybe if I can't be there, I let them know what I would need them to do, or I have somebody covering for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because like knowing you personally for uh, I, I, the long time, you're you're your man that that never sits down. You're you're always on the go. Um, are you still playing football along the lines uh, as well? I know you, I don't know if you're seniors, but are you still doing a bit of junior football, or are you just tipping away? Yeah, I suppose before COVID, there I played a bit of junior with Clara, and like obviously I feel myself I'd be fit enough to play with the seniors and. And if I trained, I'd be able to, able to play a senior. But I suppose just at my work, and like you've just mentioned, I'm work with a lot of different teams and um, different nights. And when I'm not with teams, I usually have a fitness class or personal training here in the gym. So I feel that time commitment, I'm a manager's worst nightmare, you know. So really, really, for my, myself personally, I feel that, you know, I've, I've had my best playing days behind me where I play county and club. I think... You know, I just have to accept now that my job has to come first. Um, but where possible, like even for the junior management as well, it's like a lot of times I don't expect to be picked. But sometimes if I can make a few training sessions here and there, yeah. at least maybe I can, I can get a chance to get onto the pitch and play with Clara still. Because I don't want to stop playing yet because I'll be long enough looking in yeah, at it. But, yeah. um, I still have to put my job first. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, I'd still be able to play junior football for another little while. <laughs> You'll be playing a lot longer than I will be, and I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I just have to stop losing my temper, that's all. <laughs> Stay on the pitch. <laughs> uh, and, Joe, what if, if there was one thing, I suppose, in all the games you've played, is there anything that that we regret about? You know, you say, geez, I, I, I left that behind, or with inter county, or. Uh, club, like, was anything you kind of ever set back and said, Jeez, I would have loved another crack at that? Um, I suppose there's times when I was just coming on to the Offaly team, and um, back 2004, 2005, when you know, things were going well, we were we were after winning the National League Division 2 in 2004. Don't mean to cause controversy, but that was when the West League fell <laughs> off. The, uh, no, that went, went over, it went over, Joe. I know, no, but. There was times like that where I you know, the start of that year I was after starting the first three league matches and ripped I ripped my adductor muscle and ripped my groin off the bone and, and things like that to put me out for the season. And I do feel that, you know, if I hadn't got these injuries at the wrong time, I could have maybe had probably just more success maybe with Offley. Yeah. Um but thankfully, you know, as I got older I kind of cemented my place on the off team a bit more. Um, so that's one regret, I suppose, is some of my injuries that just seem to get in the way and put me out for certain parts of the season. I suppose the other thing, um, I suppose, well, it's not really a regret, but I suppose one thing is the whole the whole sickness in 2009 kind yeah. of really, really stopped me. And then, as you mentioned earlier, there's after I got sick, I thought it was it was my destiny to win, to win a few county finals. And 10, 11, and 12, I thought, right, this is my comeback. This is just made for me. And we lost three in a row that time at Clara. And that's probably what's hurt the most, is then three county finals in a row. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the, the biggest balance part of my career, I'd say. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. I was only reminiscing. I was only reminiscing today. And I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember the night of, oh, I, I, I think it was the last county final. You are all out in the town. At the time, I was playing in the borough. Remember this? No? And... Uh, I, have, I have a bit of <laughs> And uh, you came in anyways, but you're nearly like as bad as myself when I went up to Crow Park. I was DJing in the box, and you came up beside me, and he said, Murph, I'm just going to sit down here for a few minutes. I finished playing. You came up beside me at 10 o'clock, and at 1 o'clock in the morning, I had to wake you up. <laughs> and, up you, and up you hopped, and on you went down to the shed like a, a spring chicken. I did, dem, dem, I just needed a power nap, that's all. Yeah, well, it worked, Joe. It worked for you. Um, yeah, I think that might show how badly I took that final loss. <laughs> so, Joe, at the end of every uh, talk I have with a guest, I like to ask them about their early predictions for the All-Ireland Football Championship and the All-Ireland Hurling Championships. Um, who, in your idea, who do you think is up for grabs for the football this year? To go away from Dublin, maybe, and maybe um, hope or think that they might slip up. Um, I would say Kerry. I think Kerry are getting closer and have a chance of winning this year. 
Wow, okay. Am I right saying, John, or maybe I'm completely wrong in this, could have you played with Tyrone under a, a grandparent rule or a parent rule? Is that right? I'm not too sure. Um, my mum and dad are Tyrone and Derry. Ah. And I have, a lot, I have a lot of relations in Tyrone. Um, my mum is Tyrone. Um, my granny and granddad were Tyrone. My dad, my dad can claim Tyrone, but he's pretty much Derry. <laughs> And so maybe I, maybe I could have. Maybe you could have had a couple of All Irelands. Ah, uh, yeah, but yeah. you'd have to be good enough to make that team, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, Joe, if we go on the hurling side of things, uh, who would you go for this year? Um, I'm probably going to be born and say Limerick because they're just they're just so class. And thankfully, I was lucky enough to actually have the Limerick team here when they were minors. Wow. Okay. And most. Of most of them players were here for a weekend as minors and even even seeing their professionalism at a minor level and the amount of backroom team they had was just was you could just see there was good things gonna happen. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'd pick Limerick for that one. Alright, okay. Joe, we're gonna leave it leave it there. Um Joe, I really appreciate having a conversation with you uh, this evening. Um I wish you the best of luck in everything you do over the next couple of years. I uh, wish you the best of luck with Aspire when you get back up and running. Uh, you are a true gentleman and f- from everything you've come from and you've done, um, I appreciate you that you're able to have a chat with me, Stephen, because I know you're, you're quite busy and I hope to have a pint with you soon, sir. I'll definitely, I'll definitely uh, hold you to that one. Um, <laughs> we'll, head, we'll head to Coppers again. And I'll try not to fall asleep this time, okay? I'm <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. I appreciate it, sir. See you later. Thanks, buddy. Bye, bye. All right, yeah, that was brilliant. I really want to thank Joe Quinn again for uh, a great chat. A really good friend of, I suppose, myself and Nathan's. Yeah. And did you do work experience with Joe? Actually, I did do work experience. I think anybody within a twenty kilometer radius of Clara done work experience with Joe at one stage. <laughs> my work experience involved uh, Joe had the living quarters up there. That's right. Yeah, and I spent <laughs> I spent my week asleep above in the living quarters. <laughs> well, can we tell you a better one, right? I done two weeks in there with Joe, and the two Mondays I was in, the first job I had was mop the gym floor. The oh. problem with that was the only tap. I could fit the bucket into for the water was upstairs. The biggest problem there was you had to fill the bucket six times because the floor used to get that dirty with teams been in there over the weekend, right? <laughs> then I learned how to make coffee and then he used to have me cleaning out the dressing rooms and then in fairness when there'd be an old session going on they'd be giving him a hand holding punching bags or pads or whatever. I didn't realise when you're on work experience you start at nine o'clock and you finish at three. I used to go in there at 10 o'clock in the morning I could be there till 10 o'clock at night <laughs> you, you got the raw deal I just I went I just, deal together, yeah. I just used to go to sleep well now in fairness I would, I'd probably never listen anyways to uh, you were probably hung over most of the time anyway <laughs> right so that's been it for episode 3 yeah that's yeah, it's episode 3 already yeah. huh? Jez we're flying um, obviously we, we want to thank another once again Joe Quinn for being our special guest this week if you have anyone you want to see on the podcast just give us a shout we'll see we'll do our best we can um, we're going to leave it at that that's hard Morph did you enjoy yourself I did immensely I did I enjoyed myself as well anyway <laughs> <laughs> we're going to call it a night uh, we'll see you back here next week new guest new guest still have to call him still have to ring him Other than that, folks, keep on pucking. We'll see you next week. Good luck.